Welcome to In the Spotlight. This is a podcast brought to you by the Guild of HR Professionals in association with Lace Partners. Welcome everyone to um, our Guild of HR Professionals Spotlight series of podcasts. I'm joined by my normal co-host and master of the Guild, Annette Andrews. Welcome. Hello everyone. This is series three for us. I can't believe it. We're underway. Yeah, time has flown, hasn't it, in the last, what, nine, 12 months? It has. It has. I've been really enjoying these. It's fantastic. A great opportunity to chat to to people in the Guild and not in the Guild and just talk all things HR and spend some quality time with you. So that's always good. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. There you go. I see. I see. So we are joined this evening. If if you've listened to our trailer, basically highlights the fact that Series 3 is focusing on the Guild's national hr leadership program and in particular the people on it so this evening we are joined by one of those members kerry garrod welcome we're going to just ask you a few questions really we're excited to understand why the profession what drew you to it a little bit of chat about that understand the kind of roles you're doing now and and, and just bring it back around to sort of what you what you're looking for from the leadership program as well and just what do you uh, what you see in the future for hr so welcome Thank you very much. It's nice to be here for the first time. A bit daunting and out of my comfort zone, but that's always a good thing, I think, when you're uh, in development, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's very calm, relaxed, but also what's really nice, we we just wanted to sort of make it, make it conversational, Kerry, because podca- doing podcasts, conferences, etc., are all part of being a senior HR professional as well. It it does feel a bit odd to start off with, to be honest, but you soon get used to it. Honestly, you do. So shall I kick off with the first question? Go for it. Yeah. Um, So just give us a brief insight, Kerry, into how you found your way into HR and and what it is you do today. Right. So, yeah, I'm... um... I found my way into HR a bit a bit later in life. I did a music degree when I came out of uh, school and had a passion for music. Didn't quite know what to do with it afterwards, but I knew I didn't want to go on and teach. I didn't want to be a teacher, apparently, which is why I then went on and did a, um, a TEFL course and taught English for 10 years. I don't quite know how that worked out, but uh, that was supposed to be a, uh, a stopgap but uh, was obviously a little bit longer than intended. But yeah, I knew it wasn't going to be a, a, you know, a career for me. So halfway through that 10-year period, I started another distance degree. Um, it was information systems and management. And the management side of things really took me into the, the HR realm because it was all the HR modules, HR management modules that really took my fancy, if you like, I was working overseas at the time, so I was in in Oman in the Middle East. I was surrounded by quite a lot of high-flying people, you know, in the the friend scene, social scene that I was in at the time, and they were all moaning about HR. You know, it was like (laughs) HR doesn't do this, and they stop me from doing that, and they're all so bureaucratic. And, and I, you know, it, it made me really think, well, why is that? Is it really because they're doing the wrong thing, or is it really because they're doing the right thing but not not perhaps in the right way and not engaging their people correctly. Uh, and it, and it, it just fired this passion in me that um, that wanted to that, that I then wanted to focus uh, on, on HR. And when I finished um, my degree, and it took me seven years because 
I had my family while I was doing it and we were traveling. But when I finished it, we moved to, to Qatar uh, and I was in the right place at the right time. Maersk Oil were just setting up their HR department. They, they'd taken on a big project there. And I, I was put in touch with the HR director, a very young, dynamic guy who saw my teaching background and thought I'd be a good fit for his learning and development consultant position. So that's that's where I ended up, and that's how my HR career started. So in a very sort of specialist way in learning and development, but I, I, I soon I stayed within the oil and gas sector and soon moved into more generalist roles, which I really enjoyed because I like the variety of it and the challenge of it. So yeah, that's that's how I got into it. I think we find that a lot, it's, don't we, Annette? People haven't started their backgrounds. I didn't start as an HR professional. I started as an engineer. That was my yeah. background. Yeah, it's funny how things. I was going to uh, join the army and play hockey all over the world. There you go. Really? Yeah, did you not know that? I did not know that. See, we all come to HR in different ways. That's what makes it so varied. Kerry, I'm curious. You talked about when you did your second degree, you had a passion about management modules. What now excites you about HR? What is it that keeps you in HR is probably the better question. The the constant change I love. So like I say, with being in the more generalist HR arena, um, and particularly now, I I love change. I love being in an environment of of transformation. But, you know, it's obviously the people aspect that that interests me more than anything and seeing the excitement on on people's faces and and, and the smiles on people's faces when uh, as an HR professional you can provide solutions for them that really work for them make things easier for them make things um, more efficient and more effective Uh, and, and that's what really fires me up that's what makes me want to get up in the morning uh, but particularly you know when you go into a new environment that where perhaps people haven't believed in HR before or you know maybe the delivery hasn't been what they've they've expected and showing them how HR really can work for them um, whether that's by looking at data and, and telling a story of how they can how we can improve things you know right from the, the initial life cycle of, of just recruiting on time for them there's so there's so much yeah it's a really interesting time Kerry to be an HR professional right now. I think Annette managed to, to get out of her HR director role just before COVID arrived. But you know, sitting as an HR professional through that through COVID has not been an easy challenge, an easy time, but it's been a, a, a an amazing time for the profession in terms of coming to the front of everything. Have you seen that in the roles you've been in? Yeah, I mean it's um it's full of innovation, isn't it? I mean it's 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 that constant change and innovation and way ways of looking at the, the next best way to do things. I mean as an HR leader we can't bring on a new initiative and just expect that to, to last the next five to ten years anymore. It's you know we've we've got to constantly look at you know how, how that might need changing next month, never mind you know next year or in the next five years we just can't rest on our laurels anymore uh, and we have to deliver on everything we have to listen to people and act and if that means that we have to do that by changing something that you've only just changed then then so be it you know that's that's what putting the smile on people's faces is all about that being nimble listening and then executing well when we uh deliver something Uh, and that constant anticipation of what what will be needed next yeah excellent Kerry you you've talked about your very varied background and what's brought you and kept you in HR what are you hoping to achieve 
by attending um, the leadership program? What is it you're, you know, you, you're talking about possibly the icing and the cherry on the cake from what you're describing? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I came from, I came back to the UK in lockdown after 25 years in the Middle East, thinking that I would struggle to get back into a UK HR environment. And I've been, I've been very lucky. I, you know, I, I, I realised when I came back to work remote for my, my Qatar company that actually I didn't want to go back. I wanted to stay in the UK. It was time for me to come home. Um, I was very fortunate. I managed to find a, a great role sitting underneath the, the people director, which is exactly where I wanted to be. There's a lot for me to learn in terms of, you know, what do you do in UK HR? There's, there's lots of regulation. There are lots of employment law issues that I that, that, I, that I have to learn and get more familiar with. And it's, a, it's a, this is a great opportunity for me to do that in my current role. And then being a part of this leadership programme, uh, it, it gives me even more opportunity to gain insights from fantastic uh, HR leaders who have great experience. You know, when, when we have the uh, the masterclasses, yes. the discussions around those are just uh, are exciting, you know, to, to, to listen to how people have uh, navigated COVID, for example, um, in, in the different businesses and different industries is fascinating. It gives you all sorts of different ideas and insights. Building a UK network and and learning from from others about all of that UK practice, the different strategies that they apply, the different approaches that they have, deepening my understanding, testing the expertise that I have, and strengthening my thought processes. I think one of the things that... um, that I learned in one of the first masterclasses was about quality, the quality of HR and and the fact that, you know, the quality of how we act depends on the quality of thinking first. So that's, that's something that those words actually came out of the mouths of one of the speakers in, in the masterclass. I think Annette, maybe maybe you remember that, but that really resonated with me. You know that that whole that whole process of, of thought and thinking about things very carefully, and it's a fine balance, isn't it? Because you know we have to react very quickly now to things. So what's the balance between reacting very quickly but thinking very carefully? making sure that you know the quality is there and that, and that we act appropriately um so that so that you know i've already learned that and, and want to dig more into it i want to become more aware of my capability gaps um, and develop them through the mentoring program as well as these master classes and things like this <laughs> that uh, you know that i'm not particularly comfortable with but i want to get more comfortable with them because you know i want to be able to Talk in front of different people, be influential, talk with confidence, and and and, and have impact and authority. Uh, and the only reason, the only way you can do that is is by practicing. So hopefully, this is you know one of those first steps towards towards achieving that. And I'm, I'm really I'm going to come back to the the, the development leadership program again in a second. Talk a little bit more about that. But clearly, learning and learning about HR for you is really quite key key thing. And and. I was interested, just for our listeners, is there anyone that you're, or anything you're reading or listening to at the moment in the HR space that you want to share or that excites you at the moment? Yeah, all of your podcasts <laughs> for a start. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yes, that's so, right. Paid off. <laughs> there you go. So the HR Guild podcast and the the Lace Partners podcasts and plug plug, but you, you know that those are things that. Um, 
uh, and other podcasts that uh, that I think are fantastic to listen to. You can listen to them anywhere. You just pick up snippets and, and again, great insights. Uh, so, so those are great. I mean, you know, you, you, one of your questions was, you know, who do you look up to? There are the obvious ones. When I was probably in my first couple of years of HR, I heard Dave Ulrich speak at a conference in, in, in Abu Dhabi. He's fantastic. He's inspirational. Um, it's very cliched, but, you know, because I heard him and saw him, it, it had a great impact on me. Um, you know, his quote, HR must give value or give notice is, is something that still resonates today. But other people, a, a guy called Tommy Olufsen, he was my first HR director, a Danish guy who hired me into Merck Oil. He's now the president of OSM Maritime Group. He's, a, he, he's amazing. He built up the HR team in, in Doha. He saw my potential. I, I remember he had a corner office overlooking one of the bays in Doha, and he pointed at it at one point and went, Kerry, I realise I've thrown you into that water and, and, and expected you to tread on it and, and, and not sink. But he did. He managed to do that because his door was always open. He was very encouraging. He was very empowering. And he, he, he always provided the, the support that you needed. So he built my confidence. Um, you know, he taught me that people are, no, pe- people aren't different. You know, they're, they're all the same and therefore you can approach anybody. Uh, it doesn't matter how, up the ch- how high up the chain they are. You know, they're, they're still people at the end of the day. That gave me the confidence to go and approach those people and discuss solutions with them. Uh, and, and just an all-round great guy. Um, somebody else is a guy called Paul Rigby. You might not know him, but he's co-author of a, a book called The Bee Book, which is a very basic book, but it's all about change, innovation, engagement, and leading transformation. And I had him deliver uh, a number of workshops in Doha, actually the year before the pandemic. Uh, and it set us up really well to respond very quickly as a team uh, and continuously adapt. Uh, and, and I'm not sure we would have done it so successfully had we not had him deliver those workshops on change and innovation prior to that. So, uh, yeah, Paul Rigsby, he's a good one to look up. Fantastic. Thank you. And as you go forward now with the development program, the leadership program, are there, are there any topics that are really exciting to you in the future that you want to really get delve into? Where, where can I start? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's just so much, isn't there, to um, to get to get stuck into because there are so many challenges that we still have even with covid i mean it's clearly not over we need to think about exit strategies yes so you know i'm interested in talking about that and the future of work we need, we need to prepare for that cultural shift and the different ways of working and becoming more agile and flexible so i'm you know i'm interested to hear how people have done that or are doing it in, in different ways but at the same time this challenge of taking more interest in people and how they're feeling and the psychological safety side of things and the mental well-being is is huge you know one of our values at work is is safety and it's so easy for people just to think about physical safety particularly in uh, you know the environment that I'm working in has a has a mind side so you know it's always about the physical safety of the people but we forget about psychological safety um, and and it's something that I think leaders in in particular need to be made a lot more aware of uh, and that's that also brings you on to the next subject of, of, of leadership I think that's key um, at the moment and, and the key thing to, to focus on in the future because you know we still have leaders out there who who are not fully prepared for, for their role as a leader 
Um, and, and COVID has made it even more challenging because, you know, not only is it challenging to lead a team when it's there in front of you, but when you have to engage them remotely, it, it becomes hard. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's real effort to do that. And when you're doing a day job on top of it, so, so you know, thinking about how to provide the tools and support for leaders um, to, to make them truly engage their people and keep that commitment and motivation is, um, is something that's pretty exciting. That eternal challenge for, for HR as a function, that tension between them and the line and business and enabling managers and getting them to, to step up where you need them to. Exactly. Uh, it's an ongoing ongoing discussion and a debate we've been having for many, many years. It is, and it's up to us to really understand them. So, you know, it's another passion of mine is really getting to, to grips with the business and being able to talk the, the technical language, you know. So mm. learning all about agronomy now, for example, and, you know, crop trials and fertilisers and how you change fertilisers and all sorts. of, You know, it's just simple things like that and understanding, you know, what these people do in the field and with the farmers that gives you more credibility when you're talking about how about solutions and how you're going to help them. fantastic and, and understanding that business is so is so such a key point it's also we've touched about it earlier when you were saying about what excites you about it is, is that variety in learning and it's that for me is, is is one of the big things is getting to learn about the new about different businesses and as an yeah. HR professional and, and just bring ourselves to a close for this podcast and thank you Kerry for joining us I, I'm, I'm clearly you came into HR relatively later on in your career and it wasn't your first point for the start uh, I'm just really interested if you were talking to others looking at joining HR and thinking about joining the profession any advice you'd give them good question <laughs> question he didn't prep you on that one did he he really didn't prep me and there are so many different answers I could give on that one as well <laughs> that's the point <laughs> how would I prepare well I mean I'd, I'd make it sound exciting for sure because I'm so passionate about it you know but but I think always expect the unexpected is um yeah. is, is something Good that's that, that's true uh particularly these days and you know never settle um, never become complacent, always look for the next best thing, uh, be innovative, but, you know, also just be close to, to the business and, and, yeah. and understand what they're doing. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And, and that, that's the end of our uh, first recording on the new series. I know. Kerry, how was it? It was okay, actually. I have to say, it must be you guys. I must, you know, put it down to you guys making making me feel comfortable. And um, but yeah, no, really good, great questions, thought provoking. Um, I'm certainly not going to go away now and forget about it. I'm going to really mother <laughs> what you've asked me and um, think about how I can uh, think about how I can improve and learn. Fantastic. And we're really excited for you to be engaged with the Guild uh, and, and to be on the cohort for the for the leadership program. It's a fantastic opportunity, and uh, hopefully, you get sort of the great value out of it over the next year. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's the practical element as well. You know, it's um, rather than having your head stuck in books. I think you know that 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 practical side of it and listening to to people who have, who have really done it um, on a practical level is is where the value is for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank, thank you very much and have a great January. Thank yeah. you very much. And you too.